Fixin' 2 is brought to you by Lone Star Windows and Siding. Go to LoneStarSiding.com. If you are embarrassed of your home's curb appeal, if you have struggled with home maintenance, or are overwhelmed with all the confusing jargon, we can help with a free estimate at LoneStarSiding.com. Welcome to the Fixin' 2 podcast. This is part one of two parts talking with Alan Martin from the Insurance Stock. Welcome to the Fix It Two podcast. My name is Abram Letkman. I am your host, and I am joined here with my co-host Jason Redekop. Today, we're going to visit with Alan Martin from the Insurance Stop. Tell us about uh, how long have you been working there? Well, we started the Insurance Stop. But we, it will be ten years in Amarillo this July. Um, I've been in insurance almost twenty years. When I graduated from college, I moved home to Lockney, Texas to go into the insurance business with my parents and they still have their office there and uh, decided to move to Amarillo, like I say, 10 years ago and the rest is history. That's where we're at. So you do uh, what kind of insurance? So we do, I tell people all the time, if it needs insurance, we usually can insure it. I do quite a bit of commercial insurance, your standard home, auto. Um, we do some life insurance, but mostly you know, your property and casualty insurance, whether it's commercial or home, personal home and auto, that's what we do. So one one of the things that we do here at Lone Star is, is help people fix their houses after there's been a hailstorm, stuff like that. And that's right. kind of the series that we're talking about now. Uh, what have you seen in the way of hailstorms in the last 10 years? Well, I feel like we were real lucky for a little while. It seemed like it was pretty slow. I know where I came from, they finally had another hailstorm two years ago. That was the first one in, it had been 16 years since they had a good hailstorm. Oh, wow. Average for the Panhandle area, most people can expect that they're gonna have a good hail event every five to seven years. Um, and even in Amarillo, we, you know, there was a the really big one that tore up BSA and all that out there was in 2004. And then we made it all the way to 2013, so that's nine years. It's a little, little longer than usual. I know there were some small ones in between and there's been a few small ones since the 13 storm, but uh, we're going to have a hailstorm. And so anytime you own a home or even if you're renting a home or anything like that, you kind of got to know what to, to expect and what to do when that happens because it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of when and mm -hmm. how bad it'll be. So um, we've been real lucky, but the weather has been such that it's, it's kind of gotten back into this erratic pattern where you can't really see tell what it's going to do. And so I expect that we'll have some more hell events. It just seems like we're primed to do that. Mm -hmm. So. You know, we've seen it a lot in these smaller towns around mm -hmm. here. Man, if, if it didn't hit Amarillo, it's going to hit somewhere. Right. Someone's well, going to get it. And the last several years, you know, and I know people complain that their insurance rates are going up and people say, well, we haven't had a storm in Amarillo or if they live in Borger, well, we haven't had a storm in Borger. Well, they just need to sit tight, they'll have one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I had a marketing rep not long ago come by and tell me that they were fixing to have a rate decrease for the first time in nearly seven years. Mm -hmm. And then San Antonio got hit this summer. And mm -hmm. that's now mm -hmm. on record as the worst hail event in the history of Texas. Is it really? I didn't yeah. know that it was that it bad. Is, it's, it was awful. And uh, I so, heard that they had gotten a hailstorm, but I, I didn't know uh, to what extent yeah, it was the, the damage had been done over there. And that's the part people don't seem to understand either is, you know, historically Texas has had some really good hurricanes, you know. Mm -hmm. right. 
especially down Galveston's gotten hit really bad a few times, even over around Corpus, they've had some really good hurricanes. When you consider that you have a hurricane that you see on the news and you see all the coverage of a hurricane and all the damage that it causes and all that that happens, we're talking about hailstorms now that with the one that hit San Antonio this year is currently ranked number one. The storm, when we had the storm in 13 in Amarillo, it was in the top 10. It was even bigger than the last hurricane in Galveston. Wow. And so the amount of damage and the dollar amount that's going into these storms is huge. That's now worse than a hurricane. The, and, and what you mean by is is the amount of property damage that was done right. the associated of, with that storm? The okay. amount of property damage and how much insurance companies are paying out in in damage okay. to their insureds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's huge. I have a lot of customers say, you know, my damage isn't very significant. I don't want to call my insurance provider just because they don't want their rate to go up. What, what would you say to them? Well, your rate's going to go up anyway. Right. Yeah. And kind of my philosophy, and you know, I come from a little bit different spot maybe than some other insurance agents. I'm an independent agent, so I represent several different companies. But my philosophy on claims has always been, if you ask me, all right, well, if I have a claim, is that going to affect my rate? Well, I'm not going to tell you that it's not. But especially weather-related claims, so your hailstorms, your windstorms, a tornado, anything weather-related, that typically, that event doesn't cause you a surcharge per se. It's that when the collection of those things happen, that's when insurance rates tend to continue to climb. But you turning in a claim isn't necessarily going to affect your premium when it is a weather claim. So what you're saying is if someone did not file a claim because they didn't want their insurance to uh, go up, but all the neighbors did, the whole neighborhood got blasted, then inevitably their insurance will go up anyways because right. of that area got hit. Is that correct? Right. Or mm -hmm. even to take that a little bit further, so we haven't had a storm in what, going on four years now. Mm -hmm. Well, San Antonio had that huge storm last year, so now we can all expect that our rates are just going to continue to go up. The other part of that is... We're still, we still probably haven't completely seen the rate impact from the storm four years ago because there's processes that companies have to follow in order to raise their rates. So they have to file the rate with the, the state of Texas. Well, that has to get approved. It has to go through committees. It has to go through all the channels. And then eventually you'll see that rate increase. So when everybody said, well, our insurance is going up because we had that hailstorm this year, well, no, your rates are going up this year for things that happened over the last three right. or four years. Uh -huh. And so it's kind of a continuation and a process that continues on. So you can't ever really say, well, just because I filed this claim, my insurance is going up. Now, if it's a different kind of claim, whether it's a theft or a water damage claim, something like that, mm -hmm. now that can have a direct impact on your premium immediately. Insurance companies are not allowed to surcharge you for a weather claim, really. Now, the tricky part of that is, like your current insurance company can't raise your rate or charge you a surcharge because you filed a hail claim because that's out of your control. Now, if you go searching and shopping for new insurance, if you've got a couple of hail claims, well, that can affect the rate a new provider may give you got it. as they mm -hmm. underwrite it. Mm -hmm. I think that's important to know because I know there's a lot of folks out there that have damage but they're kind of leery to call the insurance provider. You know, in some cases, you know, if you have a good contractor come out, he can tell you, yeah, I wouldn't file a claim right. depending on your deductible. But, and, that's, um, and that's what we tell our clients is 
you know, they call and ask me whether they should turn in a claim. Well, I'm not a window guy. I'm not a roofer. I'm not a painter. Mm-hmm. And so if there's damage to your home, I'm not really the person to tell you yes or no that it right. looks like you need to file a claim. Our suggestion is to call a reputable contractor. My biggest thing with clients in that regard is I don't typically have like a list of contractors that I say, here, here's the people you call. Now, if I have a client that says, I just don't know anybody, do you have any suggestions? Well, I'll tell them who I think that, you know, in my experience has been honest with customers. We'll treat them right and make sure that things are done right. Mm-hmm. But I try not to say, all right, you need to just call this person. You need to call yeah. somebody you're comfortable with. Because this is your money. It's your money. It's your home. It's your property. You've got to feel comfortable and confident that your contractor is going to take care of you. Absolutely. And, so they, and they should also do some research and make sure that it's a reputable contractor. I know in these hailstorms, we tend to wind up with everybody from Maine to Alaska showing up in Amarillo to put roofs and windows in houses. And that's not always I, a real good idea. I could remember idea. being at a car wash one day during a hailstorm, and a guy was changing his license plates. I think he was from Alabama or somewhere, <laughs> and then putting a magnet on his side, you know, his pickup for roofs. And I was, well, uh-huh. that's interesting. Well, so, I, what are your thoughts on on that specifically? What, okay, so if we someone has an insurance event, uh, a hail event on their house that that requires the insurance to get involved, what would you say to that person? What, what are the first step, uh, a first step or first well, steps to take? So we have a hailstorm. So mm-hmm. let's say tonight we have a thunderstorm come across and boy, it just hails the fire out of our houses. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to secure your property and protect it from further damage. That's, that's the number one thing you have to do. So now do you guys, if somebody calls and all their windows are broken out on the north side of their house, if they call you guys, will you guys go kind of, secure that or is that something you do or we do help secure people uh the windows um obviously depending on the extent of the storm we can't help everybody but we try to do the worst ones but uh, that is also something that we would do as a courtesy if they are going to use us to right. do the repairs right. it's not that something we could afford to just go and and, right. and patch up everybody's windows temporarily and then they use a different company to get the the job done that's we can't do that but absolutely exactly. we will help in every instance that we can well and a lot of contractors even if you intend to use them later on a lot of them will charge you for the services that they provide to secure your property but then that will come off of the bill at the end or be figured into their claim because an insurance company will pay for some of those expenses to secure your property because the last thing the company wants to happen is you have your windows broken out and then we have rain forecast for the next three days Mm -hmm. and whether it hails again or not, but if it rains in your house, well now we're talking about flooring that may or may not already be need to pay, being need need to be paid for. We've got flooring involved, now we've got possible furniture involved, we've got drywall and everything, and we've got more interior damage, and that's what the insurance company wants to prevent. One of the things that we recommend, uh, folks, is we try to visit with them and and just explain that, Okay, your your the damage to your house is not causing weather to come into your home, uh, so we'll just tell them you know there's this 
we have these other folks over here, their windows are completely blasted out, we're gonna focus over there first. Right. And most people are completely understanding of that, but just realizing, uh, you know, talking about this, then, then they you know, can realize there is a process and there's a lot of folks out there that may uh, be higher in the priority rung just because right. they've got w imminent weather coming into their home. Right. right now. Yeah, I remember, you know, for instance, 2004 here in Amarillo, we were doing repairs years after that storm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was uh, it was one of those that hung around for a while. So you've got to protect your property, then be patient, mm -hmm. then call your insurance agent or your company so you can get the claim process started. And then you need to f start working on finding you a contractor. Absolutely. And uh, what would you recommend a homeowner do in finding a contractor? What are the pitfalls or do's and don'ts of that? You've got to be real careful because when we have those really big storms, that's when you have all those people show up. And some of them probably do great work. But where are they going to go the next storm that hits? Right. So when your roof leaks in six months or your window doesn't fit quite right after the weather's had a time to kind of do whatever it does to it, you know, what are you going to do then? Yeah. So now you're going to wind up having to call somebody local anyway, so why don't you just start there? Right. And that's my suggestion is always to use somebody local, somebody reputable. Um, some of these rural towns, though, because I came from that environment, mm -hmm. well, now, you don't always have a rural, a local person. Right. And I know mm -hmm. that's another side of that, especially if you're off in, say, Panhandle or you're in Groom or you're in... Uh, Stratford, because that's way out there. Mm -hmm. um, well, you you may not have a roofing contractor there in town. Well, um, to me, that's when somebody that's a little more regional. Right. Um, I'm sure, and you guys do work all over the Panhandle, so you've got to find somebody that's willing to come to you. Mm -hmm. But you can't settle for just your guy in town who, you know, last week he was a plumber. And now uh, this week he's miraculously a window installer. <laughs> and so that'll get you in trouble too because now you're, you know, kind of the same thing as the guys from out of town. Who's going to fix that problem when there's a problem? Right. So yeah, makes sense. those are the things to me that you've got to be real careful of. You just got to find somebody that you, you know you can trust or that you can find them later. So once you've got your own contractor and they've gotten the work done uh, and what kind of follow-up do you recommend at that point? Now, now the job has been fixed, the house has been fixed. Well, you need to let your insurance company know. Okay. And I'll go back through a couple of other things. So now you've selected a contractor. Now, most of the time your contractor and insurance company, they're gonna work out any differences or discrepancies between their numbers and what, whatever. Um, when once, and then once you've had an adjuster come to your home, the one thing, that I see more issues with than anything else are when they send you that paperwork, they send you their estimate, there is a letter with it. It doesn't matter what company it is. There is a letter describing the process. Mm -hmm. So in the insurance world, we have actual cash value insurance and we have replacement cost insurance. That actual cash value insurance, when they figure up how much that's going to cost, they take your deductible, your depreciation, they send you a check, and unless there's a huge difference in material costs or labor costs, that's all you're getting. Mm -hmm. So there's not really any follow-up with that later on. But when you have replacement cost insurance, which majority of people do because most mortgage companies require it, mm -hmm. you've got to read that paperwork to know what your time frame is. 
most companies give you 365 days from the date of loss mm -hmm. to complete your repairs. Mm -hmm. Some companies will not give you an extension and some will extend you maybe another six months, 180 days. So you've got to know when those time numbers are because you can't have your roofer coming to do your roof or your window guy coming to do your roof or your painter or anybody else. You can't have them coming after your time has expired or you run the risk of losing your money. Mm -hmm. And that typically can be a pretty good bit of money. The other part of that is you've got to understand what the insurance company's paying you. I've had a lot of customers call in the past to try to get new insurance. They didn't replace their roof from a storm. And I asked them, well, why didn't you? Well, they didn't pay me to replace it. Well, there's a difference between the company totaling your roof or you thinking you didn't get enough money. Right. Because once an insurance company totals your roof and tells you that it needs to be replaced, you can't get that house insured anymore. Whether it's from your company now mm -hmm. or another company until that roof's replaced because they share information, they know. Okay. So when somebody comes to me and says, well, they didn't pay me to replace that roof, okay, well, my underwriter wants to see that claim paperwork. Mm -hmm. And so we look at it and it's totaled on there, but they took a bunch of depreciation or withheld depreciation and that customer never followed through and got a roof and lost all that money. Mm -hmm. Well, now they don't have any money to put the roof on and we can't insure their home. Thanks for listening to the Fixin' 2 podcast. This has been episode number three. It is part one of two-part series with Alan Martin from The Insurance Stop. Please go to the next podcast to listen to part two. We have a free PDF called After the Storm. You can get it at LoneStarSighting.com. In there, you'll find helpful steps you can follow if you ever need it. It's completely free. If you have a home repair question you would like to have answered on the podcast, email us at info at lonestarsighting.com.